Episode 95 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for a beautiful week of Knicks and NBA talk. What a time to be a fan of the New York Knicks. What a week. What a stretch. What a game. Last night, I guess now, I'm recording on the Thursday What a game at the Garden against Atlanta. What a week for the Knicks. We'll we'll look back on all of it. Knicks have won eight in a row. They won four again between this podcast and the last podcast. And the Knicks are fourth by themselves in the Eastern Conference standings. With, yes, still a good chunk of games to go. Still got the home stretch of this regular season with that big six game road trip to go as well. But how can Knicks fans not be excited right now? What a week for the Knicks. We'll recap that. We'll look at the coach of the year race in the NBA, because I think, again, I I keep getting people saying, you know, it could be this coach could be that coach. I think it's Tom Thibodeau. We'll take a look at who's in the running. And if anyone can catch Tibbs, because I just don't know if it's possible at the moment. We'll talk briefly about that as well. And then we'll look at the big picture. We'll look at the current playoff picture in the NBA. Things have changed drastically in some regard in both conferences, really, over the last couple of weeks. And there's some news even out West that I think is being, it's not being buried, that's for sure. People are definitely talking about it, but multiple teams starting to look a little bit better out west than they did about a week or a week and a half ago let's start though with the knicks oh my goodness what a week what a couple of weeks this has been overall for the new york knicks hottest team in the nba at the moment they've won eight in a row so many things to love about this week First, it started out with arguably the Knicks' best road win of the season. I remember talking last week and just kind of thinking, you know, can the Knicks catch the Mavs here? You know, the Mavs are coming off that crazy Luka buzzer beater over the over the Memphis Grizzlies, and I thought maybe this is the good, this is a good time to play Dallas because they're riding a little bit of a high. The Knicks are going to come in ready to go, and boy, boy, did they! I mean, the Knicks were rolling from the get-go, a really strong opening quarter. Listen, Dallas fired back, no question, in the second quarter. But the Knicks finished the game extremely strong in the fourth. Julius Randle was a monster. 44 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. I know he's not going to win the MVP, but he's got to start getting a little bit more MVP love in this conversation. I know he's not going to win. I don't think he's going to finish top three. He's a top five MVP candidate, in my opinion. He's got to be. He's in that conversation. And again, you're not going to win the award. I get it. Giannis, you can go Luka. uh, Sorry, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. You know, there's other guys around the league. But Julius Randle is in that discussion. He's in that top five, maybe to six guys. In my opinion, he's having that good of a year. Then R.J. Barrett. What what a stretch he's been on for the Knicks. He had 24 points, and then Derrick Rose. What a week for Derrick Rose. 
He had 15 points off the bench, and it was needed. 117 to 109. The Knicks win it. What a week for Reggie Bullock. We'll get to his week as well. He had 11 in the win over Dallas. But really, it was Julius Randle, specifically in the second half, who was crucial to the Knicks' victory. No question about it. And on top of that, that nasty block by Nerlens Noel. Woo! Six points, ten rebounds. That was that block was one of his three rejections on the night. It was the by far the best of the three. Oh my goodness. And again, full strength Dallas team. With with the with KP Luca, both over twenty points. Hardaway Jr. at sixteen off the bench. Nine from JJ Redick. Dorian Finney-Smith had 13 points as a starter. Josh Richardson had 14. Mavs, I have to say, I thought the Mavs would play a little bit of a deeper bench in this game. They only played four guys off the bench. Maybe, who knows, maybe he just kind of caught up with them a little bit. I'm not sure. But Trey Burke not playing. Cauley Stein not in there. Tyler Bay not in there as well. Josh Green, I mean, multiple guys off the bench. That did not play due to coaches' decisions for Dallas. But in the end, the Knicks get a very, very well-deserved and impressive 117-109 to victory in Dallas. Very impressive, I thought, to keep that winning streak going. At the time, that made it a five-game winning streak for the New York Knicks. And it's arguably, I'd argue... Up with that Hawks win, it's the most impressive win of the streak. It's right there. I mean, this was a this was a game on the road against a contender in the West. We talked about this. The Knicks have not always been up for these games, or I should say, finishing these games off. Dallas is seventh right now in the West. I, I think it's this goes in the impressive road win category, no question about that. For the New York Knicks, they've had a few of them at Milwaukee at Boston, at Golden State, but at Dallas is a great one to check off the list. Little revenge on KP and company. Impressive from the Knicks. No question about that. So 117-109, Knicks got off to a good start to the week. They get an impressive win. And again, we talked. this was two shows ago. We talked about the Knicks have not been able to close games out against the better teams, against teams that are competing with them in the East, or teams competing for a championship that are contenders, like Dallas really could be, in the West. And and to be fair to Dallas, they haven't been great at home this year. This loss actually dropped them to 500 at home on the season, which for a contender isn't great. But again, they've more than made up for that on the road. Dallas has been a very good road team this year. And in the end, the Knicks, again, were impressive in the fourth quarter. A well-deserved victory and one that you know we could be looking back on really one that you think you know could that been could that be a turning point during this winning streak it's one that I kind of thought midway through the fourth I just kind of thought oh, the Knicks really need this one they gotta they gotta finish this one off and to be fair you know Jalen Brunson made a bit couple big shots in the fourth. JJ Redick hit a big three to keep Dallas in it but the Knicks kind of always kept Dallas within arm's length in the fourth quarter. Big shots from Derrick Rose in the fourth. Julius Randle 
with some big points late, had a big shot with with about, I think, three minutes to go to make it an eight-point game. And then, you know, big shots at the line from Nerland's Noel. Another big shot under two minutes to go a two-footer, sorry, a, a two-pointer from 10 feet out from Julius Randle made it a 10-point game. And then R.J. Barrett had the dagger with about a minute 15 to go. And that's all she wrote. Dallas did not really get any closer than about eight points in this game down the stretch. And the Knicks pulled it out. So it was an impressive, impressive win. And in the end, 117-109, Knicks got off to a good start to the week. And then, you know, the Pelicans kind of came into town. And, and this could have very easily have been... And it looked like it would be for a little while there, a a trap game for the Knicks. They were coming off a high, you know, they'd been, you know, they, they'd got one of their most impressive wins of the season. Pelicans coming in. I mean, again, you know, you look at where the Pelicans stand right now and they're, they're very much in it. I mean, there's still time for them, but you know, they're still fighting for something in the West. It's not, they're not totally out of it yet, although they're running out of time very quickly, but this was a game that they really needed new Orleans and they played like it. Uh, this was a topsy turvy game. Very, very crazy game. Um, listen, the Pelicans were relatively strong in the first quarter. I I listened to most of this game on the radio and listen, the, the, the Knicks, absolutely rammed it down New Orleans' throat in the second quarter, and it was one of the better quarters of the week, but then they absolutely gave it all back in the third quarter. It was a really, that 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 two-quarter swing was insane, and I, I think it was something like a, a, the Knicks outscored the Pelicans, I think, by 15? Let me, let me double-check that, actually. They outs- wow, they outscored the Pelicans by 17 in the second quarter, and then got outscored by the Pelicans by 13 in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter was insane, back and forth. Zion Williamson had a massive game, as you would have expected, for the Pelicans. And then, listen, when the when the Knicks needed him most, once again, Julius Randle stepped up to the plate. 33 points, 10 assists, 5 boards, and 5 steals. Not to be outdone, 23 huge bench points from Derrick Rose. RJ had 18. Reggie Bullock had 15 huge points despite fouling out in this game. And almost a double-double, 12-8 and eight for Nerlens Noel, who's just continued to be an unsung hero. On this Knicks team, eight bench points from Emmanuel quickly as well. This was, uh, I, and again, we'll get to the more heart, the, the most heart stopping game of the week, but this game was, I mean, really wild for a bit there. Knicks had to come back in this game. I mean, this was a game where you're thinking in the third quarter at, at one point, man, the Knicks could, could let this slip away a little bit here. And, the theme of the week was the Knicks just did not give up. The Knicks did not give up in this game. They kept on fighting. And they they turned it around going into the fourth quarter. That, that end of the third quarter, I thought, was a huge sequence. Because, again, 
at, at you know at first Knicks feeling good going into the third, but the Pelicans quickly trimmed the lead down, and then by I want to say the the five minute mark had tied the game, so they got it back, and then the Pelicans ended up going on to take the lead, and then it was just back and forth to finish the quarter, and then the Knicks really had to they had to kind of weather the ship. They really did. They had to weather the ship in the second quarter. They had to stop the bleeding in the third quarter. And then it was just a brawl in the fourth. Big shots from Julius Randle. Big shots from Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And in the end, a crazy sequence at the end as well. First, I mean, listen, Derek Rose makes a huge a huge bucket with about two minutes to go to make it a four-point game. Um... Or I should say, I'm sorry, to cut it to a four-point game, but then, because I'm getting my guys mixed up here, Eric Bledsoe hit a huge shot. This was a big shot at the time in the game to make it a six-point Pelican lead. That's when there was real concern for the Knicks. But 20 seconds later, Derek Rose hit one of the biggest shots of regulation, a big three-pointer. And then with 50 seconds to go... Nerlens Noel goes to the line, makes a couple of huge free throws. It's a one-point game. Then the Julius Randle steal with 31 seconds to go. You're thinking, oh man, big chance. And then the quickly misses a huge, huge shot. I thought he should have made it. 18.4 seconds to go. Knicks have to foul. Bledsoe makes both free throws. Knicks call for a timeout. And then the hero of the hour, Reggie Bullock, with two seconds to go, ties the game with a dagger three, huge shot. And the Knicks send the game to overtime. And listen, in overtime, and we'll get, you know, to the to the heroics in the Hawks overtime. But in overtime, Knicks quickly put their foot on the gas. I thought that was the difference in this game, and we'll get to the difference it showed in the Hawks game as well. Two huge buckets, one from Derrick Rose and the alley-oop to Nerlens Noel as well. And then Reggie Bullock hits a huge three with 2.47 to go to make it a five-point game. Pelicans never really got close again after that. Randall then made a dagger three with 54 seconds to go. And then the free throws really from quickly iced it with 37 seconds left. There was a silly foul the Knicks made. They didn't need to do it with uh 30 seconds to go they tried to challenge it it was overturned brandon ingram made three free throws and in the end uh the knicks saw the game out three more uh free throws from quickly and a 122 112 heart stopper in overtime the knicks made it six in a row what a game that and that wasn't the best game of the week that wasn't even the best game of the week for the Knicks. Incredible. But the Knicks pulled it out. It was extremely impressive. By 10, 19-9 run in overtime ended up being the difference in the game. Julius Randle and Emmanuel Quickly, along with Reggie Bullock, huge heroes in that game. And the Knicks at the time made it six straight wins. Incredible incredible stuff and then you know you go into the charlotte game and again part of me was thinking is there going to be a letdown here you know is this going to be a game where the knicks you know really need um 
I should say, is this going to be the game the Knicks let up, or is this going to be a game where the Knicks really continue to push forward? Is this a game where they they ride the momentum? And it ended up being the latter. And the key, and we've seen it go the other way, the key was really just one quarter for the Knicks. They were, you know, just barely outplayed, I think, in the first half. Charlotte with a six-point lead at recess. But that third quarter, it was the R.J. Barrett show. I, I mean, he took over. 18 points in the fourth, sorry, in the third quarter of his 24 overall. Huge quarter for R.J. Barrett. 31 to 16 run overall in the third. Totally turns the game around. Knicks in, in really what it was, what turned out to be in the end, a really weird fourth quarter. Very low scoring. I can't remember the last time a Nick game this season had a quarter where it was that low scoring on both sides. It was a, it was a, puzzling display for both teams in the fourth I think it was a 15-18 fourth quarter looked even worse than that watching it but the Knicks closed it out and really I thought the difference in this game was holding the starters in check I mean the biggest performance came from PJ Washington off the bench for Charlotte he had 26 points but Rozier only had 21 Bridges had 15 and McDaniels had 11. That was really it. Not a ton offensively for Charlotte, specifically in the second half. I mean, to stifle Charlotte and hold them in this game, or I should say in the two quarters, you look at the third and the fourth, the Knicks held Charlotte to 31 points combined in the second half. The Knicks scored 31 points in the third quarter alone, and Charlotte had scored 33 points in both of the first two quarters. So the second half, Thibodeau defense was a huge difference maker in this one. 109-97. And listen, Julius Randle, not as many points from him in this game. Only had 16, along with 10 rebounds and 7 assists. But Reggie Bullock, again, gives you a huge night. 16 points on 5 of 12 from deep rj barrett again the 18 in the third quarter 24 points overall fantastic 11 rebounds again from nerland's noel who was just a huge plus defender again for this knicks team as a starter and then the the quickly rose duo strikes again 17 apiece between them off the bench huge difference makers again in the victory four threes by the way from Emmanuel quickly in the win and again a 12 point Nick victory and again they kind of won it in a different way the Knicks defense showed up in the second half big time after kind of letting Charlotte get away with a lot in the first half but in the end the Knicks shut down Charlotte 109 97 seven wins in a row at the time for the Knicks and then we get to last night where it was just the Wednesday night game. Listen, they said it going in the, the, the you know, MSG networks, the media in general, New York tabloids. This was the biggest game the Knicks had played in a quarter, you know, three quarters of a decade. We're talking seven, eight years since the Knicks have played a game this big fourth place on the line at home third game of six in a row at the garden against a Hawks team that's just ahead of you 
in the Eastern Conference standings, right? What a game. I wish the Garden was completely full, but anyone that was at the Garden must have enjoyed the hell out of that. It was just, listen, it was just a well-played game. I think the the, the, the worst part for everybody involved was that Trey Young did not return after getting injured in the third quarter. Would have been amazing to see him finish it out. I know it's easy for me to say that now the Knicks won. He he didn't play in the fourth. But listen, the Knicks the Knicks made it tough on on Trey Young shooting the ball. Trey Young through 30 minutes only shot 6 of 17 overall. 20 points. 1 of 4 from deep and had 7 points from the free throw lines the Knicks did a good job on him it was the it was the role players for Atlanta that really did a lot of the damage without question you know Kevin Herter had 17 points Bogdanovich who had the huge three that sent the game to overtime people will now forget about that shot because of how the Knicks recovered so well in overtime we'll get to that in a second but that was a huge shot at the time. Looked like the Knicks might have sealed it with that Randall layup. But Bogdanovich hit a huge three. Got a, got way too good of a look in my opinion. But he, credit to him, he knocked it down to send the game to overtime after a crazy comeback by the Knicks in the fourth quarter. Looked like they were going to win it. And in the end, Bogdanovich made a huge shot, sent the game to OT. But the Knicks again pulled off a great run. And listen, Clint Capella played his butt off. 25 points and 22 rebounds for Clint Capella. Who people forget is is making a name for himself again with this Hawks team this year. But in the end, the Knicks kept fighting. And with former assistant and now current Indiana men's basketball head coach Mike Woodson courtside he got a signed jersey from julius randall after the game what a cool moment that was the last head coach when the knicks were good on hand to watch it the knicks pulled it out listen too many heroes to count in this game julius randall another 40 point game 11 rebounds six assists reggie bullock was unbelievable again six made threes 18 points nerland's noel couple of uh, sorry not a couple a trifecta of huge blocks nine points 12 rebounds the dude's an animal rj barrett made some big shots again 16 points six rebounds five assists and then again those two off the bench you know who i'm talking about derrick rose with the knicks by the way couldn't couldn't get his services he fouled out before overtime knicks had to deal with that adjustment mid-game they did it perfectly but he had 20 points, three assists, four rebounds. He was great bringing the ball up. And Emmanuel quickly, the rookie, 20 points, best plus minus on the team, plus 29, and the best plus minus in the game by a country mile. And the man who hit the dagger with just under, oh geez, now I'm forgetting how much time was left on the clock. It was it was a big shot. We're talking late in the fourth. I'm sorry, late in overtime. Pardon me. Late in overtime and quickly hits a huge three-pointer that seals the victory for the Knicks. And the final in overtime at MSG 137 
127. Knicks went on a 15-5 overtime run. They wasted no time at all putting Atlanta away. Quickly made that three with 44 seconds to go to make it a 10-point game. Nobody scored again from there. It was the dagger. Listen, give Atlanta a ton of credit. They never gave up. Whether it was after Trey Young went down or after the Knicks went on that crazy fourth quarter run to take the lead. Looked like they were going to win it. Bogdanovich drained a deep three to send it to overtime in tight quarters on the near side. Made it. Sent it to overtime. And then the Knicks just kept hammering away at Atlanta's defense. Made it extremely tough on them on the offensive end. You know, again, listen, Kevin Herter missed a couple of open shots in in overtime. Knicks defense will take that in the end. But despite the late run from the Hawks, despite the Knicks, you know, having to claw this game back twice, they never gave up in this game. Both teams can ha- can hold their heads high. It was a hell of an NBA basketball game late in the regular season. But in the end, again, just like the game against New Orleans, the early pressure and early points helped the Knicks ride the momentum to another win 137 127 and again the icing on the cake was the three-point shot from RJ Barrett sorry the uh the the floater from RJ Barrett the two with 112 to go huge shot to make it a seven-point game and then the dagger step back three from Emmanuel quickly and the little dance he did after, I was up on my feet. It was unbelievable. And I just, for the rest of the night, just texting back and forth, tweeting with people. Oh my gosh. Incredible. What a shot by Quickly. An early Nick rookie moment for him in his first NBA season. Clutch from the rookie. And the Knicks are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference standings all by themselves on an eight-game winning streak. Incredible. All right, I I went way over here, so I got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to gush over the Knicks some more, and I'll tell you why Tom Thibodeau is the runaway coach of the year in the NBA. And look at the playoff picture in the NBA as a whole. All that more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, what a first half of the show it was. I, I I don't remember the last time I've been this excited about a Knicks team. They've answered the bell, and this eight-game winning streak has just been incredible. As we put a bow on this incredible two-week stretch, and... and Again, we'll get to what's upcoming for the Knicks and how they finish the regular season off. Obviously, some big games upcoming, but the Knicks have put themselves in great position right now for the NBA playoffs, and it's fantastic to see how this team is playing. Apparently, Tom Thibodeau's told them to take a day to rest. Uh, He's actually, I think, if I read the reports right, he's locked the gym in Westchester so none of them can get in. And they just he just wants them all to, to rest. I love that. They've deserved they earned a little bit of respite before they finish this this homestand with three more at the garden. And then they go on this insane six game road trip 
to finish off the bulk of, of what's left of their schedule. And then, of course, they get uh, a few more at the Garden 3, I believe, to finish off the regular season. Next up for the Knicks is a big game. To be fair, again, this is this was a huge victory for the Knicks and one of the biggest in in the last seven, eight years. No question about that, but still a lot, still a lot coming up for the Knicks. Huge game on Saturday against Toronto. It feels like a game that if the Knicks win it, they'll pretty much sure up a playoff spot. It's that kind of a game. It's going to be nationally televised and it's a huge game. Massive. No question about that. Again, like I said, right now, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, Knicks at the moment, seven and a half games up on the Toronto Raptors, who are the last team, uh, I almost went college basketball, and the last team out. They are they are the the last team uh, out of the playoffs at the moment. So it's it's one of those things where you're trying to keep yourself as far away from them as you possibly can, and obviously you're trying to keep yourself as far away from the Miami Heat as you possibly can, trying to be in the top six. By the end of the regular season, Knicks at the moment, a game and a half up on the Miami Heat in that four spot. So the Knicks are in fourth. Hawks are now a half game back after that epic game in fifth. And the Knicks are one game up on the Boston Celtics, who are currently in sixth. So a lot still to be done. But the Knicks, if they beat the Raptors at the Garden on Saturday, that would put the Knicks in a really, really good spot. It, it would put them in a massive, massive pole position to finally get back to the playoffs. And obviously then you'd be playing for that seeding where you're hoping to stay in the top six if you possibly can. And give yourself as best a shot as possible to make a run deep into the NBA playoffs. So again, if the Knicks were to win, that would put them eight and a half up on the Toronto Raptors. And at that point... counting the games here 11 games to go that would essentially do it if the Knicks pull that out on Saturday that would essentially wouldn't lock it up but it would it would it would be as close as you can get to locking the Knicks in for the NBA playoffs if the Knicks can beat the Raptors on Saturday that would that would put them eight and a half up with 11 to play on Toronto and would essentially just because of how many teams Toronto would have to leap over and things of that nature. But on top of that, again, I'm not saying about the, you know, the Raptors catching the Knicks, but at that point, you're looking at games left and the margin, Knicks would be in really good shape. Really good shape. And it could start focusing even more on seeding at the moment. Then it'll be Phoenix and Chicago to finish off the homestand. And then if the Knicks, again, if the Knicks finish the homestand strong, they, depending on what happens with Toronto, it, it could be close to wrapped up for the Knicks, a playoff spot. It's very, very tight. Sorry, I should say very, very close to that being the reality at the moment. Real quick, because I do want to give you a quick thought on the full picture in the NBA playoffs as well. But we got to talk about Tom Thibodeau. We've got to talk about Tom Thibodeau. I mentioned it last week. What an incredible job this man has done. He, I, I think, after his amazing run in Chicago, I think got a little criticized in Minnesota because of the fact that there was trouble in the locker room. Jimmy Butler wasn't thrilled about what was going on. There was talk 
uh, about players not fully buying in to what Tom Thibodeau wanted or didn't agree with what his philosophy was. And I think he got a little bit of disrespect from the media after that. I think that's that was part of the reason why I think some teams didn't give him a chance very, very quickly after his days in, in, in Minnesota were done. But when he became the, the, the prime candidate during the offseason to become the next head coach of the New York Knicks, I just remember kept I just kept telling myself, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. Because of what the goals at the time for the Knicks were. Get back to the playoffs. Now, did I think it was going to happen this soon? You can go back and listen to my, my NBA preview. No way. I did not think the Knicks would be in the playoffs. I thought the Knicks would be hanging around. I thought maybe by this time they'd be where maybe Toronto is and be, you know, in it, in the race. But I didn't think we'd be saying the Knicks are a few wins away from wrapping up a playoff spot. I surely did not think that. The fact that there's 11 games to go and the Knicks are maybe two or three wins away from all but assuring that they're in the NBA playoffs for the first time in seven or eight years. Surely did not. I, I No way. I did not think that was going to happen. I'm not sure anybody did. And that's why I think Tom Thibodeau should be coach of the year in the NBA. I don't think it's close. I think that might be harsh on some of of the great jobs that, that a lot of these coaches have done this year. I think, I mean, listen, Quinn Snyder with Utah has done a hell of a job keeping them at the top of the Western Conference pretty much from start to finish. Same thing with Doc Rivers. I don't think anybody thought Philly was going to be at the top for as long as they have been this season in the East. So you got to give him a boatload of credit for that. I think that's definitely um, somebody who you think of right away. Monty Williams, with what he's done with the Phoenix Suns. I, I, I Listen, I know Chris Paul has been a huge part of what that team has done this season. But I, I think you can't deny how... how I, I just... I thought, listen, I thought the Suns were going to get in, but I didn't expect them to be this good. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Second in the West and a game and a half back at Utah, 42 wins for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, this is, this is as good as they were back when Steve Nash and Amari Sotomayor were picking and rolling fools out in the West back in the mid 2000s. So you got to give him a nod as well. No question. And there's certainly maybe another contender or two in the conversation. But I just think from where everyone thought the Knicks were going to be to where Tom Thibodeau has taken them. And I, and I, I will say this right now. If the Knicks finish the season in the top six, if the Knicks avoid that first little play-in round, there is no debate. There is no debate of who the coach of the year in the NBA is. There is no debate. It's Tom Thibodeau, and then there's a giant gap before you find second place. Because that is one of the best coaching jobs of the last five years in the NBA. Turning the Knicks, who won, what, 25 games last year? That might even be high. How I keep forgetting, because I've been so wrapped up in how well the Knicks have played this season, right? Again, to be fair, the Knicks season was cut short last season. They did not finish the regular season because of COVID 
And obviously, then the NBA went into a bubble. The Knicks were not eligible because of their record. But a season ago, despite, and again, remember, shortened season for the Knicks. Wow, the Knicks won 21 games. 21 games a season ago. The Knicks finished 21 and 45. And again, despite their season being cut short on March 11th, they were 21 and 45 to finish out the season a year ago. 11 games to go in this regular season. The New York Knicks are in fourth place and they're 33 and 27 and they've won eight games in a row. And there's still 11 games to go. I I don't know how else I can frame it to you guys. And listen, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir. But listen, I, I know I have friends and I know people who listen to this show who are not Knicks fans. I'm telling them and I'm telling anybody out there that that's got an ear to this. Tom Thibodeau is the NBA coach of the year and everyone else, as Larry Bird said in the three-point shooting shooting contest uh, decades ago, Who's coming in second? That's my thought at the moment. Tom Thibodeau is the runaway NBA coach of the year. Rightfully so. His players have played so hard for him all year. They will continue to do so. Knicks, by the way, are now 20-10 and 10 at home. Third most home wins in the Eastern Conference. It's, it's, imp- it's, it's so impressive. It's so, so so impressive it's it's just been an unbelievably fun couple of weeks and season for the Knicks Knicks of course now have the best winning streak winning run in the NBA currently eight wins in a row second by the way at the moment is the Washington Wizards who out of nowhere have won six in a row eight of their last 10 very much like the Knicks who've won eight eight of their last 10 and all of a sudden, the Wiz kids are in a playoff spot. They've overtaken the Raptors. And that race is getting tight in the East. And again, quick, that, that's a good segue because we'll wrap up with the playoff picture. But just a quick bow. What a, what a two weeks. What a run. What a season it's been for the New York Knicks. Long may it continue. Eight in a row. And they'll look to make it nine in a row against Toronto at home on Saturday afternoon. Hopefully looking to put a bow on this, you know, really incredible run with possibly sealing up a playoff spot with a win. Again, not fully sealing it, not mathematically, but really putting Toronto to the sword and all but ensuring a Knicks playoff run this season. It's... I. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how the Knicks do on Saturday, and I can't wait to see how the Knicks finish this homestand. And then we'll see. You know, six-game road trip, and then three more at the Garden to wrap up the regular season. I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm so happy. It's It's been amazing what Tom Thibodeau and his team has done, and we'll see how they do moving forward, and Law may continue, and Law may continue into the playoffs as well. Incredible. All right, really quick, before we wrap things up, let's go through the playoff picture in the East and in the West at the moment. Again, the top six, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the Knicks, the Hawks, and then the Boston Celtics. 
And the Heat, not far behind. Half game back of Boston in seventh. Charlotte, again, listen, they're they're trying to hang tough right now without LaMelo Ball. They're a game below 500, but they've got a cushion as far as the NBA playoffs is concerned. Again, there's still 11 games left for most teams, so this could change quickly. But the Hornets still have, at the moment, a four-game lead on the Toronto Raptors. So the Hornets are... Again, they, they they still need to, you know, finish strong. They've won only four of their last ten, but if they win four more, they're probably in at this point. So despite the injury problems and how they just haven't dealt with them too well, you still might see the Charlotte Hornets in, in the NBA playoffs this season. The Pacers have been a bit underwhelming this season. I don't I don't I don't think I expect them to be as bad at home. As they've turned out to be this season, by far the worst home record of any playoff team at the moment. And by the way, that's East or West at this point in the season. The Indiana Pacers are 10-17 and 17 this year at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I don't know if anybody had that. But they're in the playoffs because that's 17-14 and 14 road record. The Pacers have really done well away from Indianapolis this season so they're there at the moment and then the whiz kids in dc the wizards are again pulling themselves out of the fire they've won eight of their last 10 they've won six on the bounce and they are rolling at the moment and the fighting russell westbrooks look to see if they want to have a say in these playoffs this time around to be a heck of a feat if they could turn it around and get into the playoffs but they're doing all they can. They're a half game up on the Raptors. That's going to be that's going to be a heck of a race down the stretch. And again, don't count out the Bulls. I know they haven't played great of late. They've lost four, or I should say they've lost six of their last 10. But the Bulls are only a game back. And again, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, including to Zach Levine, who's been in and out of the lineup. So they're not out of it, um, but they're running out of time. They've only got one game to make up, but we'll have to see how it turns out and then the only other team that's got a puncher's chance is cleveland they're four games back with a with a, well i guess for them yeah about 11 to play for them as well maybe 11 or 12 left for the Cavs. running out of time you know that's the only thing they're just running out of time they got to leap over three teams to get in but crazier things have happened in the nba so we'll have to see how that goes moving forward and, and not to be outdone, but the West is even crazier, specifically for seeding towards the bottom. Listen, the Jazz are in good shape. They're a game and a half up at the top spot. Suns are in second. Clippers in third. The Nuggets in fourth. I feel like it's not been under the radar, but Anthony Davis looks to be on his way back, and LeBron could follow, but the seeding could kill the Lakers at this point. They're in the five spot, but they're only to be fair they're three back of denver but they're five and a half back of the clippers so i don't think the lakers will have enough time to really improve their seating they could be stuck with denver in a four or five game this could be whether or not they get home court advantage in the first round what's not going to mean as much as it normally would in an nba season we'll see the lakers might have played themselves into trouble because of these injuries in the first round but we'll see denver gave them a bit of a Tough time in the Western Conference Finals. We'll see if they end up playing in the first round. That'd be something. No question about that. Blazers three games behind the Lakers in sixth. But they're only a half game up on the Mavs in seventh. Grizzlies in eighth. Golden State back where I thought they would be in a playoff spot 
in ninth. And then the San Antonio Spurs are in 10th. Three and a half up now on the Pelicans, who have lost four in a row. Though, actually, I think they just won over the Orlando Magic as we recorded the podcast. They, I think they just ended that um, that losing streak. So now, if you had that half game back, they're three back. But they're running out of time, those Pelicans. I think they, they're starting, just starting to get a little heat down in New Orleans. And not the good kind on those uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And then really the only other team with a puncher's chance are a, a team that was in it for a while. Now the woeful and, and rudderless Sacramento Kings who have lost eight of their last ten. They just got to win the other night, but they're five back and they're running out of time. And I, I know I keep saying that, but it's the phrase of the week because there's we're, we're at the home stretch. I mean, we're at the home stretch of the season just to, you know, getting down to the nitty gritty here, just under a month to go. 11 to 13 games depending on your team left in the regular season and these are the these are the these are the the squeaky bum times as they say overseas this is not looking good for for some of these teams on the outside looking in but there's time listen the pelicans are by no means out of it and the toronto raptors have plenty to play for so we'll see how it goes down the stretch but seating's going to be big I'm, you know matchups are important home court has some weight not as much as it normally does lots still to play for in the east and in the west moving forward the quick quick one quick footnote remember the rockets had that crazy win i uh, sorry cra- crazy winning streak not this year crazy losing streak earlier in the regular season they lost something like 20 in a row something like that well the thunder have taken up the mantle since then they've lost 12 in a row the thunder have and they've totally played themselves out of a playoff spot last time we chatted about them they were not going in the right direction but they were still in it and now they find themselves nine games out they're, they're done now no chance for okc and they've lost 12 straight games again i had them around this area at the beginning of the season they proved me wrong for a good chunk again of the regular season they did it to me again for a while but they've just fallen apart down the stretch and now they're out of it no time i mean listen mathematically they're not out of it but they're out of it. They're not going to have enough time to make up the ground to catch San Antonio, who currently occupy the 10 seed, the final spot at the moment in the Western Conference playoffs. lot to look forward to. A lot of good stuff to look forward to for the Knicks. A lot of good stuff to look forward to in the NBA in general. I can't wait for this Saturday. I can't wait to hear your thoughts as well. Hit me up at SAJ7 on Twitter or at postingandtoasting.com. Go to the Shock Shock Knicks podcast post and hit me up in the comments below. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Have a great week, everybody.